Chapter Seven, Part One of A History of the Philippines. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A History of the Philippines by David Barrows. Chapter Seven, Part One. Period of Conquest and Settlement, fifteen sixty-five to sixteen hundred. Cause of Settlement and Conquest of the Philippines. The previous Spanish expeditions whose misfortunes have been narrated seem to have proved to the court of Spain that they could not drive the Portuguese from the Moluccas. But to the east of the Moluccas lay great unexplored archipelagos, which might lie within the Spanish demarcation and which might yield spices and other valuable articles of trade. And as the Portuguese had made no effective occupation of the Philippines, the minds of Spanish conquerors turned to this group also as a coveted field of conquest even though it was pretty well understood that they lay in the latitude of the Moluccas, and so were denied by treaty to Spain. In 1559, the Spanish king, Felipe II, commanded the viceroy of Mexico to undertake again the discovery of the islands lying toward the Moluccas, but the rights of Portugal to islands within her demarcation were to be respected. Five years passed before ships and equipments could be prepared and during these years the objects of the expedition received considerable discussion and underwent some change. The king invited Andres de Ordaneta, who years before had been a captain in the expedition of Loisa, to accompany the expedition as a guide and director. Ordaneta, after his return from the previous expedition, had renounced military life and had become an Augustinian friar. He was known to be a man of wise judgment, with good knowledge of cosmography, and as a missionary he was able to give to the expedition that religious strength which characterized all Spanish undertakings. It was Ordaneta's plan to colonize not the Philippines but New Guinea, but the Audiencia of Mexico, which had charge of fitting out the expedition, charged it in minute instructions to reach and if possible colonize the Philippines, to trade for spices and to discover the return sailing route back across the Pacific to New Spain. The natives of the islands were to be converted to Christianity, and missionaries were to accompany the expedition. In the quaint language of Fray Gaspar de San Agustin, there were sent holy guides to unfurl and wave the banners of Christ, even to the remotest portions of the islands, and to drive the devil from the tyrannical possession, which he had held for so many ages, usurping to himself the adoration of those peoples. The Third Expedition to the Philippines the expedition sailed from the port of Natividad, Mexico, November 21, 1564, under the command of Miguel López de Legazpi. The ships followed for a part of the way a course further south than was necessary, and touched at some inhabited islands of Micronesia. About the 22nd of January they reached the Ladrones, and had some trouble with the natives. They reached the southern end of Samar about February the 13th. Possession of Samar was taken by Legaspi in the name of the king, and small parties were sent both north and south to look for villages of the Filipinos. A few days later they rounded the southern part of Samar, crossed the strait to the coast of southern Leyte, and Captain Martin de Goiti discovered the town of Cabalian, and on the 5th of March the fleet sailed to this town. Provisions were scarce on the Spanish vessels, and great difficulty was experienced in getting food from the few natives met in boats, or in the small settlements discovered. Legaspi at Bohol About the middle of March the fleet arrived at Bohol, doubtless the southern or eastern shore. 
while near here goiti in a small boat captured a moro prow from borneo and after a hard fight brought back the moros as prisoners to legaspi there proved to be quite a trade existing between the moros from borneo and the natives of bohol and mindanao here on bohol they were able to make friendly terms with the natives and with sikatuna the dato of bohol legaspi performed the ceremony of blood covenant the spanish leader and filipino chief each made a small cut in his own arm or breast and drank the blood of the other according to gaspar de san agustin the blood was mixed with a little wine or water and drunk from a goblet this custom was the most sacred bond of friendship among the filipinos and friendship so pledged was usually kept with great fidelity legaspi and cebu on the twenty seventh of april fifteen sixty five Legaspi's fleet reached Cebu. Here, in this beautiful strait and fine anchoring ground, Magellan's ships had lingered until the death of their leader, forty-four years before. A splendid native settlement lined the shore, so Father Chirino tells us, for a distance of more than a league. The natives of Cebu were fearful and greatly agitated, and seemed determined to resist the landing of the Spaniards. But at the first discharge of the guns of the ships, the natives abandoned the shore, and setting fire to the town, retreated into the jungles and hills. Without loss of life, the Spaniards landed, and occupied the harbor and town. Finding of the Holy Child of Cebu The Spanish soldiers found in one of the houses of the natives a small wooden image of the child Jesus. A similar image, Pigafetta tells us, he himself had given to a native while in the island with Magellan. It had been preserved by the natives, and was regarded by them as an object of veneration. To the pious Spaniards, the discovery of this sacred object was hailed as an event of great good fortune. It was taken by the monks and carried to a shrine especially erected for it. It still rests in the church of the Augustinians, an object of great devotion. Settlement made at Cebu In honor of this image, the settlement of the Spaniards in the Philippines later received the name of City the Most Holy Name of Jesus. Here Legaspi established a camp, and by great tact and skill, gradually won the confidence and friendship of the inhabitants. A formal peace was at last concluded in which the dato, Tupas, recognized the sovereignty of Spain, and the people of Cebu and the Spaniards bound themselves to assist each other against the enemies of either. They had some difficulty in understanding one another, but the Spaniards had with them a Mohammedan Malay of Borneo, called Sidamal, who had been taken from the East Indies to the peninsula, and thence to Mexico and Legaspi's expedition. The languages of Malaysia and the Philippines are so closely related that this man was able to interpret. Almost immediately, however, the missionaries began the study of the native dialect, and Padre Chirino tells us that Friar Martin Errada made here the first Filipino vocabulary and was soon preaching the gospel to the natives in their own language. Discovery of the Northern Return Route Across the Pacific Before the arrival of the expedition in the Philippines, the captain of one of Legaspi's ships, inspired by ungenerous ambition and the hopes of getting a reward, outsailed the rest of the fleet. Having arrived first in the islands, he started at once upon the return voyage. Unlike preceding captains who had tried to return to New Spain by sailing eastward from the islands against both wind and ocean current, this captain sailed northward, beyond the trades, into the more favorable westerly winds, and found his way back to America and New Spain. Legaspi's instructions required him to dispatch at least one vessel on the return voyage to New Spain, soon after arriving in the Philippines. Accordingly, 
on june first the san pablo set sail carrying about two hundred men including ordaneta and another friar this vessel also followed the northern route across the pacific and after a voyage of great hardship occupying three and a half months it reached the coast of north america at california and followed it southward to acapulco the discovery made by these captains of a favorable route for vessels returning from the islands to new spain safe from capture by the portuguese completed the plans of the spanish for the occupation of the philippines in fifteen sixty seven another vessel was dispatched by legaspi and made this voyage successfully the sailing of the san pablo left legaspi in cebu with a colony of only one hundred and fifty spaniards poorly provided with resources to commence the conquest of the philippines but he kept the friendship and respect of the natives and in fifteen sixty six and fifteen sixty eight ships with reinforcements arrived from mexico while legaspi was at panay in fifteen seventy there finally arrived a ship which brought instructions from the king in reply to legaspi's first reports that the islands should be held and colonized these orders appointed legaspi adelantado and governor and allowed the assignment of natives in encomiendas to the soldiers who had effected the conquest the further exploration of the islands had meanwhile proceeded the great difficulty experienced by legaspi was to procure sufficient food for his expedition at different times he sent a ship to the nearest islands and twice his ship went south to mindanao to procure a cargo of cinnamon to be sent back to new spain meanwhile a captain enriquez de guzman had discovered masbate burias and ticao and had landed on luzon in the neighborhood of albay called then italon thus month by month the spaniards gained acquaintance with the beautiful island sea of the archipelago with its green islands and brilliant sheets of water its safe harbors and scattered settlements while legaspi's resources were weakest he was attacked and blockaded at cebu by a portuguese fleet which sought to prevent the spanish occupation both to strengthen his position and to secure better supplies legaspi moved his camp in fifteen sixty nine to the island of panay the basayan tribes tattooed their bodies with ornamental designs a practice widespread throughout oceanica and which still is common among the tribes of northern luzon this practice caused the spaniards to give to the Bisayas the title of islas de los pintados the islands of the painted legaspi found that the island of mindoro had been partially settled by moros from the south and many of those settlements were devoted to piracy preying especially upon the towns on the north coast of panay in january fifteen seventy legaspi dispatched his grandson juan de salcedo to punish these marauders capture of pirate strongholds salcedo had a force of forty spaniards and a large number of bisayas he landed on the western coast of mindoro and took the pirate town of mamburao the main stronghold of the moros he found to be on the small island of lubang northwest of mindoro here they had three strong forts with high walls on which were mounted small brass cannon or lantacas two of these forts were surrounded by moats there were several days of fighting before lubang was conquered the possession of lubang brought the spaniards almost to the entrance of manila bay conquest of the moro city of manila expedition from panay reports had already come to legaspi of an important mohammedan settlement named manila on the shore of a great bay and a mohammedan chieftain called maumat was procured to guide the spaniards on their conquest of this region 
For this purpose Legaspi sent his field marshal, Martin de Goiti, with Salcedo, one hundred and twenty Spanish soldiers, and fourteen or fifteen boats filled with Bisayan allies. They left Panay early in May, and after stopping at Mindoro, came to anchor in Manila, in Manila Bay, off the mouth of the Pasig River. The Mohammedan City On the south bank of the river was the fortified town of the Mohammedan chieftain, Raja Soliman. On the north bank was the town of Tondo, under the Raja Alcandora, or Lacandola. Morga tells us that these Mohammedan settlers from the island of Borneo had commenced to arrive on the island only a few years before the coming of the Spaniards. They had settled and married among the Filipino population already occupying Manila Bay, and had introduced some of the forms and practices of the Mohammedan religion. The city of Manila was defended by a fort, apparently on the exact site of the present fort of Santiago. It was built of the trunks of palms, and had embrasures where were mounted a considerable number of cannon or lantacas. Capture of the city. The natives received the foreigners at first with a show of friendliness, but after they had landed on the banks of the Pasig, Soliman, with a large force, assaulted them. The impetuous Spaniards charged and carried the fortifications, and the natives fled, setting fire to their settlement. When the fight was over, the Spaniards found among the dead the body of a Portuguese artillerist, who had directed the defense. Doubtless he was one who had deserted from the Portuguese garrisons far south in the Indian archipelago to cast in his fortunes with the Malays. It being the commencement of the season of rains and typhoons, the Spaniards decided to defer the occupation of Manila, and after exploring Cavite Harbor, they returned to Panay. A year was spent in strengthening their hold on the Bisayas and in arranging for their conquest of Luzon. On Maspete, were placed a friar and six soldiers, so small was the number that could be spared. Founding of the Spanish City of Manila With a force of 230 men, Legaspi returned in the spring of 1571 to the conquest of Luzon. It was a bloodless victory. The Filipino rajas declared themselves vassals of the Spanish king, and in the months of May and June, the Spaniards established themselves in the present site of the city. At once Legaspi gave orders for the reconstruction of the fort, the building of quarters, a convent for the Augustinian monks, a church, and 150 houses. The boundaries of this city followed closely the outlines of the Tagalog city, Manila, and it seems probable that the location of buildings then established has been adhered to until the present time. This settlement appeared so desirable to Legaspi that he at once designated it as the capital of the archipelago. Almost immediately, he organized its municipal government, or Ayuntamiento. The First Battle on Manila Bay In spite of their ready submission, the Rajas, Soliman and La Candola, La Candola did not yield their sovereignty without a struggle. They were able to secure assistance in the Tagalog and Pampango settlements of Magabebe and Haganoy, Aganoy, a great fleet of forty war praus gathered in palm-lined estuaries on the north shore of Manila Bay and came sweeping down the shallow coast to drive the Spaniards from the island. Against them were sent Goiti and fifty men. The protective mail armor, the heavy swords and lances, the horrible firearms, coupled with the persistent courage and fierce resolution of the Spanish soldier of the sixteenth century, swept back this native armament. The chieftain Suleiman was killed. The Conquest of Central Luzon Goiti continued his marching and conquering northward, 
until the southern end of the plain of central Luzon, that stretches from Manila Bay to the Gulf of Lingayen, lay submissive before him. A little later, the Raja La Condola died, having accepted Christian baptism, and the only powerful resistance on the island of Luzon was ended. Goiti was sent back to the Bisayas, and the command of the army of Luzon fell to Salcedo, the brilliant and daring grandson of Legaspi, at this time only twenty-two years of age. This young knight led his command up the Pasig River. Quinta and Tete, at that time important Tagalog towns, were conquered, and then the country south of Laguna de Bay. The town of Quinta was fortified and defended by small cannon, and although Salcedo spent three days in negotiations, it was only taken by storm, in which four hundred Filipino men and women perished. From here, Salcedo marched over the mountains to the Pacific coast and south into the Camarines, where he discovered the gold mines of Paracale and Mambulao. At about this time, the Spaniards discovered the Cuyos and Calamianes islands in the northern part of Palawan. Exploration of the coast of northern Luzon. In 1572, Salcedo, with a force of only 45 men, sailed northward from Manila, landed in Zambales and Pangasinan, and on the long and rich Ilocos coast effected a permanent submission of the inhabitants. He also visited the coast farther north, where the great and fertile valley of the Cagayan, the largest river of the archipelago, reaches to the sea. From here he continued his adventurous journey down the Pacific coast of Luzon to the island of Polillo, and returned by way of Laguna de Bay to Manila. Death of Legaspi He arrived in September 1572 to find that his grandfather and commander, Legaspi, had died a month before, August 20, 1572. After seven years of labor, the conqueror of difficulties was dead, but almost the entire archipelago had been added to the crown of Spain. Three hundred years of Spanish dominion secured little more territory than that traversed and pacified by the conquerors of these early years. In spite of their slender forces, the daring of the Spaniards induced them to follow a policy of widely extending their power, affecting settlements, and enforcing submission wherever rich coasts and the gathering of population attracted them. Within a single year's time, most of the coast country of Luzon had been traversed, important positions seized, and the inhabitants portioned out in encomiendas. On the death of Legaspi, the command fell to Guido de la Baceres. Reasons for this easy conquest of the Philippines The explanation of how so small a number of Europeans could so rapidly and successfully reduce to subjection the inhabitants of a territory like the Philippines separated into so many islands is to be found in several things first the expedition had a great leader one of those knights combining sagacity with resolution who glorified the brief period when spanish prestige was highest no policy could ever be successful in the philippines which did not depend for its strength upon giving a measure of satisfaction to the filipino people legaspi did this he appears to have won the native datos treating them with consideration and holding out to them the expectations of a better and more prosperous era, which the sovereignty of the Spaniard would bring. Almost from the beginning, the natives of an island already reduced flocked to his standard to assist in the conquest of another. The small forces of the Spanish soldiers were augmented by hundreds of Filipino allies. Second, another reason is found in the wonderful courage and great fighting power of the Spanish soldier. 
each man splendidly armored and weaponed deadly with either sword or spear carrying in addition the arquebus the most efficient firearm of the time was equal in combat to many natives who might press upon him with their naked bodies and inferior weapons third legaspi was extremely fortunate in his captains who included such old campaigners as the field marshal martin de goiti who had been to the philippines before with villalobos and such gallant youths as salcedo one of the most attractive military figures in all spanish history fourth in considering this spanish conquest we must understand that the islands were far more sparsely inhabited than they are to-day the bisayan islands the rich camarines the island of luzon had in legaspi's time only a small fraction of their present great populations this population was not only small but it was also extremely disunited not only were the great tribes separated by the differences of language but as we have already seen each tiny community was practically independent and the power of adato very limited there were no great princes with large forces of fighting retainers whom they could call to arms such as the portuguese had encountered among the malays south in the eastern archipelago fifth but certainly one of the greatest factors in the yielding of the filipino to the spaniard was the preaching of the missionary friars no man is so strong with an unenlightened and barbarous race as he who claims power from god and the preaching of the catholic faith with its impressive and dramatic services its holy sacraments its power to arrest the attention and to admit at once the rude mind into the circle of its ministry won the heart of the filipino without doubt he was ready and eager for a loftier and truer religious belief and ceremonial there was no powerful native priesthood to oppose the introduction of christianity the preaching of the faith and the baptism of converts proceeded as rapidly as the missionaries could be obtained the dangers of the spanish occupation such conditions promised the success of the spanish occupation provided the small colony could be protected from outside attacks but even from the beginning the position of this little band of conquerors was perilous their numbers were small and at times much scattered and their only source of succor lay thousands of miles away across the greatest body of water on the earth in a land itself a colony newly wrested from the hand of the savage across the narrow waters of the china sea only a few days distant even in the slow sailing junks lay the teeming shores of the most populous country in the world in those days not averse to foreign conquest attempted the chinese under lima hong to capture manila activity of the southern chinese it was from the chinese that the first heavy blow fell the southeastern coast of china comprising the provinces of Kwangtung and fukien had always exhibited a restlessness and passion for emigration not displayed by other parts of the country from these two provinces through the ports of amoy and canton have gone these chinese traders and coolies to be found in every part of the east and many other countries of the world three hundred years before the arrival of the spaniards chinese junks traversed the philippine seas and visited regularly luzon and the coast of mindanao lima hong's expedition to the philippines this coast of china has always been notorious for its piracy the distance of the capital at peking and the weakness of the provincial viceroys have made possible its suppression it was one of these bold filibusters of the china sea called lima hong who two years after the death of legaspi attempted the conquest of the philippines the stronghold of this corsair was the island of pehon where he fortified himself and developed his power 
Here, reports of the prosperous condition of Manila reached him, and he prepared a fleet of sixty-two war junks, with four thousand soldiers and sailors. The accounts even state that a large number of women and artisans were taken on board to form the nucleus of the settlement, as soon as the Spaniards should be destroyed. In the latter part of November, 1574, this powerful fleet came sweeping down the western coast of Luzon, and on the 29th gathered in the little harbor of Mariveles, at the entrance to Manila Bay. Eight miles south of Manila is the town of Parañaque, on an estuary which affords a good landing place for boats entering from the bay. Here on the night following, Limahong put ashore six hundred men under one of his generals, Sioko, who was a Japanese. The Attack Upon Manila From here they marched rapidly up the beach and fell furiously upon the city. Almost their first victim was the field marshal Goiti. The fort of Manila was at this date a weak affair, without ditches or escarpment, and it was here that the struggle took place. The Spaniards, although greatly outnumbered, were able to drive back the Chinese, but they themselves lost heavily. Limahong then sent ashore heavy reinforcements and prepared to overwhelm the garrison. The Spaniards were saved from defeat by the timely arrival of Salcedo with fifty musketeers. From his station at Bigan, he had seen the sails of Limahong's fleet, cruising southward along the Luzon coast, and suspecting that so great an expedition could have no other purpose than the capture of Manila, he embarked in seven small boats and reached the city in six days, just in time to participate in the furious battle between the Spaniards and the entire forces of the Chinese pirate. The result was the complete defeat of the Chinese, who were driven back upon their boats. The Result of Limahong's Expedition Although defeated in his attack on Manila, Limahong was yet determined on a settlement in Luzon, and sailing northward he landed in Pangasinan, and began constructing fortifications at the mouth of the river Lingayen. The Spaniards did not wait for him to strengthen himself and to dispute with them afresh for the possession of the island, but organized in March an expedition of 250 Spaniards and 1,500 Filipinos under Salcedo. They landed suddenly in the Gulf of Lingayen, burned the entire fleet of the Chinese, attacked the camp of the pirates, and killed a number of them. The rest, though hemmed in by the Spaniards, were able to construct small boats in which they escaped from the islands. Thus ended this formidable attack, which threatened for a time to overthrow the power of Spain in the east. It was the beginning, however, of important relations with China. Before Lima Hong's escape, a junk arrived from the Viceroy of Fukien, petitioning for the delivery of the Chinese pirate. Two Augustinian friars accompanied his junk back to China, eager for such great fields of missionary conquest. They carried letters from La Besares, inviting Chinese friendship and intercourse. End of chapter 7, part 1